Hi YouTube, Luminous Star here. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. If this is your first time visiting, welcome. And for those of you, you know you're very special to me. You are my stars. Mwah! Thank you so much for your subscription and the support of all the work that I do here on Luminous Star. Okay, this is a presentation. As you can see, I created. And this is going to be a fairly uh, brief video. I just wanted to go ahead, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I wanted to go ahead and do this one because according to some of the comments and also some of the questions that's been coming in, um, and I absolutely appreciate those, I've noticed that this is a topic that comes up over and over again, um, and that is the support base. Just, you know, a lot of my stars are having um, some concerns about either how to start a support base or uh, actually how to, or basically what a good one looks like. <laughs> you know, because some of us, we, I know I, ha I have <clears throat> in the past, whereas I've had support bases, whereas, or actually just one, um, the one that I have now is expanding and it's fairly strong and it's getting stronger. So I'm quite, you know, I'm quite ha happy with it. It's just that when I first started out, I, through trial and error, I found out what a weak support base was, okay, versus a very strong uh, support base. So the blueprint is what has to occur. That has to be uh, drawn up first. That has to be created before the support base actually gets kicked off and, you know, just starts. So... As far as like the, the uh, support base, the first step is the blueprint. Um, that has to be determined. And there's a lot of things that go into that. In other words, there's a lot of things that go into a lot of factors to consider, whereas the blueprint is concerned. You know, there's a lot of things that's going to go into the very blueprint itself before we even get to the support base. So I just thought this would be a great uh, topic to discuss because I'm seeing this uh, topic or concern come up over and over again uh, from some of you. And this is a very, this is a concern that's very understandable. I definitely relate because again, when I, a few years ago, when I uh, started to build my support base, one of the first things guys I had to do was to check my ego. Okay, I had to check myself, but I'm going to get further along into that as the presentation um, continues. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, but again, this video is going to be quite uh, short. I'm actually going to try to do this in about 20 minutes, okay? Uh, but if we go over, you know, it's all good. <laughs> At the end of the video, please send me questions to my email. The email is in the description box below. Also in the description box below. <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, I really need to drink my water. You guys, excuse me. Mm, okay. <laughs> Just love to stay hydrated. Okay, uh, yes. In the description box below, you will also find the uh, chat room link. Now, the chat room link is whereas we can be on chat with one another. The best way to do this guys is to go ahead and send me an email 
to the email address that you see in the description box letting me know when your availability is. Usually I like to do the chat on Saturdays or Sundays so we can kind of like you know go back and forth with each other and agree with what time works for both of us so we can go ahead and have a chat for maybe about 15 or maybe even 30 minutes okay depending on how much time you have <laughs> so yeah we can go ahead and do it that way that's probably the best way to uh, go ahead and do it anyway so okay guys uh, moving on with the presentation as you can see here uh, the title is the blueprint of a support base okay I'm going to be going over points and tools and at the end of the presentation it will be critical questions to consider okay now these critical questions are questions that I have actually asked myself you know or as I was journaling some epiphanies came up for me and so I ended up asking myself sincerely these profound questions all right so for the sake of time let's go ahead and get started okay guys first point becoming mindful of where you are emotionally spiritually psychologically physically and energetically can help you to determine what you may need to build and expand your support base by taking inventory of your relationships you will be able to see your growth process more clearly when you check out the quality of your relationship that you have with yourself you may find that it correlates with how individuals in your relationships treat you so I'm gonna go ahead and um, say something about these points here uh, the first one is you know like I was saying earlier one of the first things guys that I had to do was check my ego so I had to look at where I was emotionally spiritually psychologically you know did I have defense mechanisms did I have a wall up and, and I did I'm not ashamed to say that now I had some walls up I was you know I had defense mechanisms I was on survival mode 24 7 so I wasn't the nicest person to be around uh, so I had to check myself so becoming mindful of where I was was one of the first things in order to build up that support base and before I even got to the, to the support base, I had to determine what I needed. So that is where the blueprint comes in. See, the blueprint is when you draw up, you know, how it looks, how to, how to, um, how the, uh, how it's structured. Okay. So that's where the blueprint comes in guys. So you look at where you are emotionally. In other words, what can you handle? What, what can you tolerate? what won't you tolerate um you know what type of relationships are you in right now and what are the qualities of those relationships starting with yourself so this is where that blueprint comes in you just really check yourself it's, it's like checking out again just being your own doctor <laughs> looking at yourself examining yourself so i hope that makes sense it's like that's the very first point as far as like starting a support base and if you already have one started to even expand it once in a while you just have to check yourself I know for me I had to check my ego and actually I had to check my ego <laughs> several times over and over again repeatedly as I continue to move forward now when I first went no contact now I'm, I'm fast forwarding it up 
to a few years after I started my support base. Because when I started my support base, I didn't go no contact. See, it took me a little while longer to go no contact. But when I did, that went all the way back to my considering the blueprint I initially drew up or considered for my support base. So that's what helped me to figure out that going no contact was the best thing for me because I took into consideration where I was emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically. Was I, you know, was I in chronic pain? Was I having headaches? You know, were I having all types of, uh, was I having all types of health issues? And if so, what were they? What was I doing about it? So I was really checking myself, guys, you know, from the inside out, just checking myself. So that is what helped me to realize that going no contact from certain toxic relationships was the, actually from all toxic relationships and dysfunctional relationships was the best thing because I had the before and after picture. That goes right back to the blueprint. The blueprint is just basically checking out currently where you are emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically, energetically. How do you feel around certain people that you have relationships with? Do you feel drained? All these things. Do you feel like they're sucking your energy? Even uh, psychically. Do you feel psychically attacked by some people that you have toxic relationships? See, we have to check all these things in order to draw up that blueprint. So, second point is by taking inventory of your relationships, like I was stating before, how do you feel? How are other people treating you? Are they appreciative of you and the contribution that you make in their life? Right. So you got to, you know, got to look at all of that. <laughs> so by taking inventory of your relationships, you will be able to see your growth process more clearly. That's what I was talking about earlier. I had a before and after picture. So it, when I went no contact, I was already about three or four years in my support base. I already had some some years in. For my support base but as my support base continued to expand and grow and get stronger i was also growing i was also interacting with more people that i resonated with i hope this makes sense you know so as you take inventory of your relationships you have to check yourself at the same time because looking at the blueprint because that will help you to determine the blueprint and also how to start your support base and how to expand it. If you've already if you already started your support base, base, you can expand it. That blueprint will help you to determine what's needed to expand it. Or if you haven't started one at all, the blueprint will help you to determine what your support base can consist of so you can get started with one. Last point, when you check out the quality of your relationship that you have with yourself, you will find that it correlates with how individuals in your personal relationships treat you. I'm not talking about everyday, you know, Susie Q, Joe Blow down the street, and you might run into and they have a bad day and they decide to project that onto you and they're sarcastic or they snap, you know, they're snapping at you. They're not in your personal life. I'm talking about the people that you have invested in an emotional relationship with. You have an emotional stake in that relationship. These are the folks I'm talking about. More than likely, if you have a poor relationship with yourself, you're going to find that they treat you poorly as well.
these other individuals that you're having toxic relationships with. These toxic relationships usually reflect how we treat ourselves. Okay, so let's move on. Tools. The first step to developing your blueprint is to realize where you are emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically, and energetically. Idealizing others in your relationships while idealizing those relationships will keep you stuck. Refocus on yourself for a change. Second tool, take notice of how far you've come. Give yourself credit for the strength to successfully thrive forward. Last tool, discontinue to invest emotionally in toxic relationships. Dysfunctional relationships will discourage your thriving forward. Okay, so my thoughts on each tool. First tool, again, what I was talking about, guys, we got to check ourselves. Where are you right now? Emotionally, spiritually. How are you doing? Really, how are you doing? Some of us who have toxic relationships and dysfunctional relationships, whether it was with family members or family members and others that we have other types of relationships with, such as lovers, you know, spouses, uh, you know, colleagues or uh, people that we go to school with, people that we associate with, best friends. You know, we have to look at how we are in those relationships. Are we being appreciated? Okay, how do we feel when we interact with other people? So idealizing them, in other words, wishing that they that things were better between you all. It could be two of you or all, you know, more than two people. Just idealizing the relationship, idealizing the person or the people involved, saying you wish that their attitude was better or you in a way, you know, you're really saying that you wish they would change. But we all know we cannot control other people. They are who they are, and we are who we are. They have a story. We have a story. Their life has purpose. Our life has purpose. And see, we can't control that. They're going through things. They're dealing with their stuff, and so are we. Unfortunately, some of the individuals that we're having relationships with, these include family members, okay, we don't resonate with, and they don't resonate with us. So there's going to be a lot of friction. There's going to be a lot of friction. Okay, so there's going to be unnecessarily, uh, there's going to be unnecessary conflicts. Every relationship, even the best of relationships has conflicts. But what I mean by unnecessary conflict is when somebody just seemed to be, you know, they love drama and you know that they're gossiping about you behind your back. See, that's drama. That's stirring up stuff. That's instigating fights. And you know that this person has that type of energy and that type of spirit, but you are involved with them. So you got to check yourself, even if this is a family member. And yes, I'm even including your parents. You're involved with them. So, you know, you got to ask yourself, why are you investing in that relationship? Why? And let me put it like this. Why are you expecting them to behave differently? I think that's a better question. <laughs> Okay, because when it comes to parents, for example, when it comes to parents, you know, they have done what they knew. See, they have done by us what they knew, even if that was uh, their behavior being abusive. I, I, you know, I'm sorry to say that. Now, actually, no, I'm not sorry to say that. I'm only keeping it honest 
I'm being for real about that. Some parents only know how to behave abusively towards other, and that doesn't exclude their children. So they're doing what they know. Okay, so it's not necessarily that the parents are bad people. Their, their, uh, their way of doing relationships may be bad. The way that they are behaving may be, may be bad. The way they are. You know, their abusive behavior is what's bad. The person or the individuals, such as your parents themselves, may not be bad people. Their choices may be poor choices. Their choices to behave abusively is a poor coping mechanism for their issues, so on and so on. So don't look for other people to change. You got to look at yourself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, make those points here for these tools So that's the first one. So, you know, we got to stop idealizing the relationship What is the quality of the relationship? Is it poor or does it need need improvement or is it a fairly good relationship that can be improved? Other people are teaming up with you and partnering with you to help you and improve the quality of the relationship because everybody is not gonna think the that the relationship that is toxic needs improvement because they like the drama <laughs> okay so uh, you have to refocus on yourself for a change instead of having yourself spread out thin trying to live up to everybody else's expectations you have to love yourself enough to take a look at yourself find out where you are right now instead of idealizing other people and idealizing the relationship especially if it's a toxic relationship more than likely it's not going to improve I don't care if 50 years go by, you know, it's not going to improve more than likely. Take notice, second tool, take notice of how far you've come. Got to do this, guys. Got to look at, got to give yourself credit for the strength that you have to successfully thrive forward. That's you. That's nobody else. That's you. You have to take credit for your appealing characteristics, your qualities. What makes you awesome? Start taking credit for that. Don't wait and look around, you know, don't be sitting around looking around for other people to love you and, and give you a pat on the back and give you the validation. Those things are cool, of course. However, if we wait around for it, it's not going to happen, especially in toxic relationships. So it really starts with ourselves. So give yourself credit for your awesome qualities. You've come a long way. You just have to notice it instead of focusing on what doesn't work in the toxic relationships. Key word toxic so that right there should give you a clue it's not going to work so stop focusing on it <laughs> okay last tool this continue to invest emotionally in toxic relationships that's pretty self-explanatory because see when we do this that takes the energy and the focus it takes for us to invest and do emotional relationships that are toxic can you imagine all of the um, energy that it takes to put yourself in two toxic relationships that's why a lot of us feel drained when we're dealing with people in toxic relationships so when you are in the thick of it when you're in the midst of it when you're all up in that toxic relationship you don't have time to focus on anything else because that's what's taking a lot out of you the toxic relationship is taking a whole lot out of you so you're gonna more than likely be discouraged from moving forward 
You've gone to see when we are in toxic relationships, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to use myself as an example. Guys, when I had several toxic relationships in my past, I had oodles of excuses to stay in those relationships. Oh, well, this, these are my parents or, oh, this is, these are my family members or whatever, whatever. I always had excuses for continuing to invest in a toxic relationship. Till I got to the point where I started looking at myself, my health was poor. Okay, I wasn't sleeping well, panic attacks, all these things. And guys, when I when my support base was on and popping, I found out that this was a correlation. The where I was, the condition I was in, emotionally, physically, energetically, had everything to do spiritually even, had everything to do with the toxic relationships I was giving myself so much time in investing in. So guys, I hope that makes sense. Um, but again, I just think this is what was a big talk, topic to talk about because <clears throat> a lot of you are uh, letting me know that this is a concern of yours. And this is understandably so because uh, this was a concern of mine back in the day. When I was first starting out with my support base, I skipped over the blueprint and I found out that that was a mistake. So until I checked myself, then I was able to draw up the blueprint. That helped me to determine what I needed to have a support base. Okay, let's move on. Critical questions. Do you often find it difficult to ask for help? Do you tend to be a perfectionist? Always wanting to get it right. Don't want to be wrong. Okay, don't want to make mistakes. Guys, that was a big one for me. I found out quickly that was a huge mistake. That keeps you stuck too. Do you feel responsible for the well-being of others? Spreading yourself thin. Taking care of others before taking care of yourself. Neglecting yourself. Taking care of others. Nourishing others. Supporting others. And they don't do that for you. They don't appreciate you, but you behave as if you appreciate others. Those same individuals, they don't appreciate you in the relationship. So do you feel responsible for the well-being of others? How often do others support you when you are in need? You're there for them. They're not there for you. When was the last time you felt emotionally uh, safe? Emotionally safe, guys, is when you can tell somebody something and they won't go nowhere else. They won't betray you. They won't gossip about you. They won't spread rumors about you. You feel emotionally safe with somebody who will, that you trust. You know you could tell them something. No matter how badly things get in your life, you can talk to that person and they will not betray you. That's emotionally safe. Somebody who's trustworthy. Do you often feel drained after dealing with others? I was talking about that before. Spreading yourself thin, investing in a toxic relationship is very draining. Okay, guys, I want to go ahead and thank you for watching. I hope you got a lot out of this video. And until next time, take very good care of yourself. And there's, a mo there's more videos to come. Okay, guys, don't forget to go ahead and send me questions to my email. And go ahead and leave me comments. Okay, guys, take care. Hello, this is Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. All of you who are current subscribers. Mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for your subscription. I also want to thank you for sharing your stories and inspiring and motivating others to thrive forward. Our channel is growing. Our community is growing. So I want to thank you guys and gals, my stars, so much.
If this is your first time visiting Luminous Star, welcome to the Luminous Star channel. And I certainly hope you become a part of our star family by clicking the subscription button. Also, don't forget to click on the notification bell should you become a part of our star family. Welcome to Luminous Star. Today's video, your challenges are clues that a narcissist is too toxic for you. Please mind the description box below for further details. Don't forget to like and share today's video. First point, by learning to respect yourself when you receive the warning signs that narcissists are toxic for you is one way to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. Unfortunately, many who have been groomed by narcissists to provide him or her narcissistic supply will ignore those warning signs. Okay, now this is something that a lot of us have done, and that is ignore the warning signs. But it's pretty hard to notice the warning signs when you are in the middle of dealing with all of the shenanigans that the narcissist pulls. And again, unfortunately, a lot of the clues go unnoticed. But as I stated, it's pretty hard to notice when you're right in the middle of a dysfunctional relationship with the narcissist or cluster of personality. When every time you turn around, there are shenanigans that they're pulling. Okay, so it's pretty hard to miss the clues. Next point. There are several adverse effects of narcissistic abuse that continue to overshadow the lives of many. These challenges, which ranges from dysfunctional relationships, poor health, to financial issues, are clues that provide an individual the idea that narcissists bring a level of toxicity to his or her life that may be damaging, if not lethal. Okay, now some narcissists and some cluster personalities, they don't make idle threats. In other words, they make threats and they do harm. Sometimes this is what we call the narcissistic rage or the narcissistic injury. Usually when the narcissistic injury occurs, the narcissist or cluster personality, they express rage and their intent is to do a lot of damage. When the narcissist claims narcissistic injury, what's really happening is that his or her false self-image has been threatened and or challenged okay so they're pretty much their ego is bruised so what do they do their intent is to cause injury damage or harm to other people so they're expressing rage with the intent to injure others it's like a person who's expressing pain because they're injured and in their expression of pain they injure others. In the case of the narcissist and cluster personality, this is debatable, okay? But they do it intentionally. Some people, again, will debate this. Let's move forward. Due to the predatory nature and extreme loyalty to his or her false self-image, the narcissist is driven to obtain narcissistic supply like an addict with the worst fiend for a fix ever. One may begin to feel as if he or she has become addicted to the narcissist and or dysfunctional relationship with him or her. It is as if the addiction of the narcissist is contagious. Okay, and it usually seems to be. A lot of people have reported, and they continue to report, that being in a dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist is like being hooked on drugs or being addicted, okay, or being an addict. All you have to do is look this up. Many people have testified to this. 
you know, it's almost like everyone who becomes especially romantically involved with the narcissist, it's like they become addicted when they have no history of being an addict. <laughs> okay, it's, it's kind of interesting how that happens. But due to the predatory nature and extreme loyalty that the narcissist has for his or her false self-image, yeah, they do tend to be driven to obtain narcissistic supply by any means necessary. So beware. Okay, let's go over some common challenges due to relationships with narcissists. In other words, these are some of the clues that the toxicity that the narcissist brings can be quite lethal and very damaging. Financial issues is one clue. Another clue, mental health issues. Next, emotional stress. Obsession and addiction to relationship with narcissists. Obsessive compulsive or cluster C personality. Identity crisis, which can consist of enmeshment, low self-esteem, and low confidence or lack of confidence. Cyclical thought patterns on painful memories of narcissists. It's like having these memories that keep popping up over and over again, like in a cycle. It's like these bad memories, painful memories, you just can't seem to get out of your head. You can't seem to forget. And they seem to come out of nowhere. Mismanagement and or misplacement of anger. So these are common challenges that a lot of people go through while they're in a relationship with a narcissist. And sometimes even after the relationship is over, like say if you go no contact, it could be two or three years later and you're having these experiences. Let's move forward. Tool number one, increase your knowledge on narcissistic abuse and the signs to watch out for should a narcissist attempt to obtain narcissistic supply from you. Tool number two, discontinue to mouse around the narcissist as if you are apologizing for existing. However, use discretion. Do not belittle your experiences about narcissistic abuse. Third and final tool, practice self-preservation in order to give yourself permission to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. We really want to pay attention to this because being in a relationship with a narcissist is not your typical dysfunctional relationship. One of the reasons for that is because you're in a relationship with a person who has a personality disorder that is extremely fixed. Okay, that's one thing because some of us, we have had dysfunctional relationships, but the person didn't have a cluster B personality or a personality disorder that is of that caliber. It is very extremely fixed. Okay, and I've heard it stated that this is one of the uh, this is one of the most complex personality disorders there is. Okay, and I'm, I'm just I'm just repeating what I heard here. Um, so when you're in a dysfunctional relationship with a person who has a personality disorder of that caliber, such as the cluster B, then it's not your typical dysfunctional relationship. And then another reason is because the cluster B personality is chronically impaired in two areas of relating to other people and that is intimacy and interpersonal relationships so they're chronically dysfunctional in those areas 
Another thing that you might want to watch out for is that even when you are gaining momentum or getting your mojo back around the narcissist, just beware that he or she may increase their diabolical tactics for source supply, such as hoovering you back in. Okay, they, they may recruit flying monkeys and enablers to emotionally bully you back into a dysfunctional relationship with him or her so you can narcissistically supply him or her once again. So you want to be careful or beware of that as you gain your mojo back, okay, because they may resist. This does not mean you have to continue to mouse around him or her, but just use some discretion. And by all means, never ever belittle your experiences about narcissistic abuse. These are the references and resources. Please check out the references and resources in the description box below. I'm Luminous Star. I want to go ahead and thank everybody for joining me today or tonight. And of course, wherever you may be right now, I wish you the very best love possible. Stay tuned for more videos and stay tuned for more vlogs. Incubator of life through our lines.